When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Awesome, awesome to be here. I'm so glad. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I had a very uh, invigorating, fun, challenging, different weekend. Uh, I wish that I could tell you that I, I, I'm sitting here completely refreshed. But I'm still in recovery mode uh, from a weekend that was, again, it was invigorating, it was challenging, it was mind-blowing. And so I'm still in recuperating mode. And so, uh, you know, not that that's going to impact uh, the quality of today's show, but I just got to tell you where I'm at. Uh, mentally, I'm, I'm recharging. And so don't have a prepared, super prepared Fire starter for you because my mind was completely and totally removed from the news cycle. I had no Wi-Fi, no nothing. I, I, I didn't take a phone call all weekend for like three or four days. I didn't know text messages. I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't on anything. I was totally detached from the real world. And so I'm playing a little bit of catch up because if, if we were on task and if I hadn't been so distracted over the weekend, I probably would have gone and saw the movie Barbie and the movie Oppenheimer to give you guys a great take uh, on those things because that, that's kind of dominating the pop culture space right now. Later today, uh, I'm going to go see the movie Barbie and I think we'll talk about it uh, tomorrow. Uh, no, I'm not trying to come out of the closet. I'm going to see the movie uh, just so we can talk about it uh, tomorrow. But today, uh, we're gonna have Shamika Michelle and Steve Kim on, and we're gonna talk about one of the major stories over the weekend. One thing that as soon as I touched down back here in Nashville and I hopped back into the real world or the matrix, the social media matrix, one of the first things I saw was Jamie Foxx's video that he released, and we've talked about it here on this show, I've been disappointed <clears throat> or been anticipating Jamie Foxx putting out some type of video updating us on his health status. There's clearly been a lot of rumors and speculation about what's transpired with Jamie, rumors that he was paralyzed, rumors he had a stroke, rumors that he was blind. Jamie posted a video. Let's watch the clip. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed, man, and sent me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it brought me back. Um, uh, I went through something that I, I thought I would never, ever go through. Uh, 
And I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, or wanting to hear updates. But to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. You know, I want you to see me laughing, having a good time, partying, cracking a joke, doing a movie, television show. I didn't want you to see me with, uh, with tubes um, running out of me and, and trying to figure out uh, if, if I was going to make it through. And to be honest with you, my, uh, my sister, Deidre Dixon, my daughter, Corinne Marie, saved my life. So uh, to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, uh, I'm able to leave you this uh, video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way. And, and y'all know they kept it airtight. They didn't let nothing out. They protected me. And that's what I hope that everyone could have in moments like these. Uh, now, you know, by being quiet, sometimes things, you know, get out of hand. People saying what I got. Some people said I was, I was blind, but as you can see, uh, as you can see, the eyes are working. The eyes are working just fine. Uh, they said I was paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. Uh, but I did go through, I went to hell and back. And my road to recovery uh, had some potholes as well. But um, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm coming back and uh, I'm able to work. So I want to thank uh, uh, the people that let me work. Um, and I just want to like say uh, I, that, I, that I, I love everybody and I love all of the love that I got. And man, you know, I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you could do take two, but I'm not gonna do a take two. This is, it is what it is. And if you see me out uh, from now on, and every once in a while, I just burst into tears, is because um, it's been tough, man. I was sick, man, but now I got my legs out, uh, under me, so you're gonna see me out. Uh, but like I said, I just want you to remember me for uh, the jokes that I crack. Uh, the movies that I make, some of them good, some of them ain't. I think I got a good one out. Uh, and the songs that I sing, man. And then, you know, some people were talking about I'm clone. Well, check this out. Just kidding you. Uh, not clone, man, but I'm here on earth because of some great people. I'm here on earth because of God, man. So I love all y'all. Uh, I just wanted to jump on here and let you know that uh, I'm on my way back in love. So that satisfies all of my needs as it relates to Jamie Foxx. For others, it has not. There have been rumors like, oh, he doesn't look like Jamie Foxx. They did something to him. He's been cloned. It's not really him, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't he uh, you know, address whether it was the vaccine or not? I I'm not expecting... Jamie Foxx to do that. That, that, that. Those weren't my expectations for him to jump into the vaccine debate. I know Dr. Peter McCullough and some other people have insinuated or suggested that what happened with Jamie Foxx is vaccine related and people want Jamie Foxx to speak on that. Even if it is vaccine related, I'm not, I don't have an, a position on whether or not I want Jamie Foxx to speak out on that. Jamie Foxx, I'm sure, has a medical team that's working with him, and perhaps his medical team 
is financed or invested in this whole vaccine thing and there could be pushback. And, and Jamie Foxx doesn't want to be a polarizing figure in the vaccine debate. He wants to focus in on rehabilitation and getting life back as normal as he possibly can as soon as he can. And he probably doesn't want to take on the burden of being in the middle of a very polarizing debate and discussion. I don't blame him for that. Those aren't my expectations. When I look at, let's put the pictures back up again of the two different Jamie Foxes, or two different, or the two before and after Jamie Fox. That looks completely normal to me. That, that's kind of what I expected. If his health conditions were as bad as were rumored or as bad as he's led us on, I, I expected him to lose a lot of weight and for his face to, to take on a bit of a different shape. That, that looks, Jamie Foxx basically said he's been to hell and back. That looks like what you should look like after you've been to hell and back physically and from a health crisis standpoint. The, the, the only thing that I thought was interesting, what he said in his video is he said something about, you're gonna start seeing me out or you're gonna see me out. And I basically said, I just wanted to prepare you. That's why I'm putting out this video. If I burst into tears or, or if you see me and you think, hey man, Jamie Foxx looks different. He's letting you know, hey, I look different, blah, 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 which raises suspicions about the previous sightings of Jamie Foxx. Because what he could have said was, I know that you have seen me out and there's been video of me out and you're going to start seeing more of me and I want you to be prepared. But he could have said that, but he made it sound like if you see me here in the future, uh, you know, be prepared because you haven't seen me previously. He, he could have cleared that up or addressed that, but I don't blame him. To me, it sounded like he was speaking off the cuff. I completely buy it. The, the, the other thing, and we'll bring Shamika Michelle in, I'll, I'll wrap up my part and or allow her into the conversation. The, 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 the other potential issue beyond you know, whether or not he, he took the vaccine. The only other thing that, that raised an eyebrow to me is the timing. He's got this movie out, uh, They Clone Tyrone. It's on Netflix. I think it started streaming on Netflix on the 21st. And Jamie comes out Friday or Saturday or whatever with the release of this video at the same time his movie's being streamed on Netflix. And it's like, if not for promotion of the movie, would he be putting out this statement? Did the movie premiere on Netflix, his latest work, did that force him to put out this video? Was it driven more by that or more by, hey, I need to tell my fans and all the people concerned something that was the only other thing that kind of raised an eyebrow to me was the timing and, and it having come on the heels, the very close heels of this movie being release, released on Netflix. Other than that, I just want to wish Jamie well on his recovery and hope that he has a full recovery. I think he's one of the most talented uh, people in Hollywood. Uh, I think he's hilarious. I, I love his music. Uh, obviously, he's a tremendous actor. 
uh, and comedian. Anyway, those are my thoughts on Jamie Foxx and, and Shamika. Uh, I know you watched the movie, uh, They Clone Tyrone, and I think you've had a little bit of a different experience. Did Jamie, did, am I right? Did Jamie Foxx at some point uh, tell you on site uh, <laughs> a little tension between Jamie and you? Anyway, your thoughts on Jamie's video updating us on his health. So, yes, he did tell me on site, which is one of the reasons I'm cheering for a full recovery, because I want him to keep his promise. If you owe me an ass whooping, bring it on, Jamie. Bring it on. I'm ready. Look, I saw the movie and it was OK, Jason. It wasn't something that I think I would have just watched on my own or something that I would even watch again. There were certain parts of it that I did like the aspect of them talking about the government experimenting on the black community. We know that they have done that for decades and I don't think it stopped seriously. And honestly, I would go as far as to say, I think the COVID vaccine is part of that. So who knows, maybe Jamie had some type of underlying reason for coming out with this video, because when he says that he went to hell and back, I would say he went to hell and he's not quite back yet from the looks of it, maybe down the street, around the corner, not not quite back all the way. And I do think that it's him. I don't think it's a clone, but I understand why people, you know, are saying that because as my daughter said, his head went from a tomato to a cucumber. And I did expect him to lose weight, but it just seems as if the facial structure is a lot slimmer you know, around the chin area as it used to be. And I, I do think probably the person that normally sprays on his hairline maybe, you know, didn't do this one. And he looks like he has some <laughs> new teeth. I don't remember when he got these new teeth. However, the freckles all line up because I've always thought, well, maybe not during the Jamie Foxx show, but once he came out with Unpredictable, just a gorgeous man. And so I feel like the freckles line up. I think it's him. I'm I'm hoping that he makes a full recovery. But I do think he was probably forced maybe to put this video out before he was actually ready to have to be seen. Let, let me say this as as a man. I think I'm around the same age as Jamie Foxx, 55, 56 years old. And he's out in Hollywood, where I'm sure where it's commonplace for men to get Botox and to mm. do things for their face to keep themselves looking young. And so when you go to hell, health-wise, that normal upkeep that Hollywood's been doing, making you up, the Botox and all the other things they do to make you look a bit younger and always on point, all that goes out the window and it's just, am I gonna survive? Is he, can I keep this food down, blah, blah, blah. And so now it's like we're seeing like, oh, this is what Jamie looks like when he can't get the normal facial work that's offered to you in Hollywood. Or, 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 and so it, it, it just, it does, cause what's, he's been down, what, three months? Uh, if, if perhaps a little longer. Uh, so it, it, it does. That's again. That's why I just go back. It doesn't surprise me 
you know, let a woman go three, four months without her normal Botox treatments and or whatever else she gets, she might look completely different after I bet you he's dropped 40 pounds. And mm. and, you know, if I drop 40 pounds, you know, that that's not a high percentage of my weight. But if a man that weighs 185 pounds drops 40 pounds, that that's what, 25% of his weight or 20% of his weight? So I, I'm just not shocked that he looks dramatically different. But and, and, and I think he's talking a bit slower, which, you know, again, I don't know. It, sound, it looks to me like or sounds like he perhaps had a stroke. And, and, and doesn't a stroke kind of change the appearance of your face as well? Yeah, I guess it could. And it could also be the teeth because those are definitely some new teeth than what I remember because his right front tooth was just a little bit longer than the left one. And now it's they're almost perfect. But what I hear you saying, Jason, is he wasn't able to get his adrenochrome. Is that what I hear you saying? <laughs> Possibly. He's maybe he's off the baby blood. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're doing that, and I, that's nothing to laugh at. But it's a good joke. But yeah, it. it, it this whole. Th Do you think he owes us an explanation about whether this is vaccine related or not? I don't. I don't think he owes us anything, um, but I would like for him to. It would be nice if he did. And it may just be more of a, um, of I, an, of I, I told you so for me, like, you know, wanting somebody to come and confirm, I told y'all so. So that could be what it is for me. But no, I don't think he owes us anything. He's doing exactly what he needs to do, which is to get healthy and to get strong again and to just make sure he's here for his family and his close friends. But I definitely would love for him to say, because there are people that are still getting booster shots. I know someone who just got their sixth shot and, um, you know, I, I would like for someone to come out who holds some weight in the black community to say, eh, it didn't work out so well for me. I really think that this was it. Although Dr. Peter McCullough has come out and said that he's kind of insinuated that he knows that's what it is. I would love for Jamie to say something, but he doesn't owe us anything. I just think that's really high risk because just think the COVID cult, the vax cult, uh, has a lot of hostility towards people that don't take the vax. And, and so if I'm going into a hospital and I'm dependent upon uh, the healthcare system and people involved in the healthcare system who aren't family members or friends that I know, and, 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 and I want that system to take care of me, I'm not gonna be a disruptor to that says I'm not going to pick a fight with that system where they're all invested in the vaccine and promoting the vaccine. They hate people that don't take the vaccine. Those very people are capable of not giving Jamie Foxx the right care for being on the wrong side of that argument. And that's I look at Demar Hamlin and why he hasn't uh, said anything and played things close to the vest. 
we're all basically scared into silence because we're, we all like, well, we may need those people down the road. And, and if they don't like my politics or where I'm at on this whole vaccine thing, you know, it could cost me my life. It, it, and who know even family members in terms of just the kind of care that you get, because, you know, we, we'd love to think these people are all perfect and they all follow uh, the Hippocratic Oath of doing no harm. But as we can see with the vaccines, that's just not true. So I, I think it's an unreasonable expectation for a multimillionaire uh, who, again, they're making movies are probably somewhat dependent upon Big Pharma backing and supporting them. And, and so he's caught up in the globalist cabal like everybody else in Hollywood. And now that his life's on the line, it, it'll take a deathbed confession for someone to like, well, I got a week to live. Let me go ahead and tell these folks it's the vaccine got me. Y'all don't don't take it's going to take the, this guy's 55 and he wants to live another 30 years out in Hollywood and be the toast of the town. And so he ain't going to be the one he's he's not going to break the code of silence. Yeah, you make a very good point, Jason. And again, I think what he's doing is getting healthy and making sure he stays alive for his family and friends. So I definitely think you're right. I just wish that he would be more of an ice cube, you know, to say, I didn't do it and they can take the money. Hopefully Ice Cube will actually stay healthy and not need, you know, the the hospital system anytime soon. But, you know, I just, I really believe that he did in a way tell us just coming out with this video. I believe it was the vaccine. He would have to actually come out and say, no, absolutely not. I was smoking crack and it that he's going to have to tell me some other reason for it. But for me, I think that's what it was. I, I have no reason to believe Dr. Peter McCullough is lying to even insinuate that that's what it was. So even without him saying anything, I'm leaning towards the vaccine. Yeah, sometimes people can tell you what they think by telling you by not telling you what they think. And and so good point. I, yeah, I got one other topic I want to. Ad- I'm sorry, say that again. Yeah, because he didn't address it. Like when he said, you know, people are saying I'm blind. I'm, my eyes work fine. They're saying I'm paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. And they're saying that I'm cloned. I'm not cloned. But he never said they're saying that I got this from the vaccine, but that's not it. He didn't even address it. So for me, he did address it without addressing it. Another topic I want to address with you, but before I do, I want to tell you and the audience about a great way uh, to enhance your finances and your retirement finances. Have you been told to max out your 401k? The Wall Street Casino loves to roll the dice with your hard-earned life savings. But the only thing Wall Street guarantees is that they will always get paid, whether you win or lose. Thankfully, there's a better way to grow your nest egg. Bank on yourself is a guaranteed and predictable way to grow your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative gives you 100% control of your money plus tax-free income in retirement. Bank on Yourself provides guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. You'll know what your tax rate will be in retirement. 
zero dollars under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami. You're also in control. Unlike 401ks or IRAs with bank on yourself, you get access to your money for any purpose at any time with no questions asked and no government penalties or restrictions on how much income you can take or when you can take it. Now get a free report with all the details on how bank on yourself strategies adds guarantees, predictability, tax savings, and control to your financial plan. Just go to bankonyourself.com fearless. That's bankonyourself.com fearless. So in tune with our philosophy, bank on yourself, not others. Great strategy for you in retirement. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, uh, Shamika, I want to roll back and, and talk about, am I saying this name right, Suki Hana? And, and, yes. and I, I want to talk about this woman because I, I think it relates to a bigger, broader issue about black culture. And, and I think it connects to the whole Jason Aldean controversy that went on last week that we talked about. That controversy is still ongoing. A lot of big name country stars are coming out in support of him. A lot are coming out criticizing him. People are calling Jason, you know, Aldean a racist. People are calling him a realist. People are calling him a hero. All sorts of different things. But for for as a black person, when I think about what I'm going to get upset about, Jason Aldean singing a song, Try That in a Small Town, Jason Aldean singing a song saying, hey, man, if you bring that chaos and mayhem uh, to my neighborhood, we're going to do something about it. If, if, and even if, if he's anti-Black Lives Matter, anti, if Jason Aldean, who the overwhelming majority of black people will never have any contact with, won't be going to his neighborhood, He's no threat to them. He, 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 what his songs don't reflect on our image or reputation, no impact on us. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be upset about that, which I've already told you I'm not upset about at all. I told you that last week. It's masculine energy that we need more of that like, hey, man, we ain't putting up with all this chaos and stupidity, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not upset with or am I going to be upset that rap, the rap music industry led by men and the internet and, and this whole YouTube social media culture we have where anybody without any talent can, hey, I'm a rapper, put out videos, build a following, and the next thing you know, they're an influencer and they're making songs like, let, let's, I think we got some highlights of Suki Hana doing some music video, and then we'll show you her over in London acting a fool. But but let's play a clip of one of her music videos. Pop that cat, throw that cat. If the bills let you better sell that cat. Pop that cat, throw that cat. If the bills 
turn it off. I can't do it. I can't do it. Turn it off. Turn it off. I, I, <laughs> and, and, and I've said this previously. I, I can be mad at her all I want, but male rappers, we did this. We started this trend, and I, I'm, we shouldn't be shocked that female rappers have come in behind and are doing the same thing for money and fame and attention. But this is, her music is being defined, and this rap music is being defined as black culture and how we're defined, and, and, and they have no problems getting people to participate and appear in videos uh, with them as they make this music, and, and they're basically saying, hey, this is black culture, this is what we do, we sell that cat, we twerk, we, we, we're overweight and we got our butts hanging out everywhere we can. This allegedly is black culture and there will be uh, no protest, no, people won't go on CNN or MSNBC and call out Suki Hana, but they got a lot to say about Jason Aldean. It, this sort of hypocrisy drives me crazy. Yeah, the song is uh, Five Foot. I think a catchier title would have been Almost a Midget. I think she should have gone with that. It would be a better representation of what she looks like. You know, I think it's a disgrace. And like you said, I've seen so many people talking about the Jason Aldean song, but nobody, well, there are a few of us complaining about the foolishness that we see in this video. And it's sad because a lot of people do think this is black culture because this is who is in the front. This is who they put up on a pedestal or put out there to the public to see. And when you look at black women across the the world, even in Africa, you can see them kind of imitating these images that they get as to what a black woman is. And so it bothers me that you almost have people like um, Michelle Obama, for lack of a better example. And then you have the Sukianas of the world. But the people that are always propped up are the Sukianas of the world and people want to imitate that and young girls want to be that and it's disgusting. I agree that the men put this out there and so the women in an um, in an attempt to bring shock value and to always one up each other, they have to get nastier and nastier. What I'm hearing is because of Sukiana being in the WAP video with Car Cardi B, that's why Nicki Minaj has kind of backed uh, sexy red. And so now this this is this uh, grasping at straws attempt from Sukiana to actually go a little bit further than sexy red to get attention. And this is such negative attention. But when you even look at little kids, when they don't have the 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 upbringing that they should have that could actually bring them under subjection, they don't care what type of attention they get. They'll be in school acting out because they want some type of attention. And so this is what I think a lot of black women are doing. They want some type of attention and don't understand that this negative attention it's not it, but they're getting the likes and the retweets and the people saying, yes, queen. And yeah, shake that ass. And 
What else do you have to offer besides your vagina? That's why so many men are turning away and don't want the black woman because can you cook? Can I sit with you when I'm having a hard day and I need some peace? Can you bring me that? Can you help me decide when I, I don't know what to do and I just need a listening ear to come to a decision for our lives? Like, what are we doing that all we are is vagina? And that's the message that they're putting out here. And that's how they're training up their daughters. Who let their baby be in the video? That is a disgrace. Who would do that? And for every other thing we're talking about, you know, we don't like pedophilia and we don't want kids introduced to this stuff. You know, the mutilation of kids and but do we want them introduced to this? This is crazy to me that people would even accept it, including black people. Like, where do you draw the line? I can hear people already say, well, we can do both. We can be upset with Jason Aldean and that song and speak out against Suki Hana, blah, blah, blah. I I'm just sorry. One of them, Jason Aldean, and that song has zero clout influence at all in the black community. I didn't ask them, uh, I didn't ask our, our team before today's show to, to cue up the sexy red going to perform at some junior high school and the kids all going crazy and she's singing, but, but that video's been popular over social media for more than a week. And, and again, it, it speaks to like, who has influence? Who has reach? Who do our kids actually identify, identify with and mimic? And it's not Jason Aldean. There, there's not a black kid in any of these urban areas that even knows who Jason Aldean is, knows what the song Try That in a Small Town is even about. They won't hear it. They won't repeat it. But they know who Sexy Red is. And, and they know who this Sukihana is. And they know what WAP means. And they know every lyric to WAP. And, and that, I'm called and, and you're called a sellout for speaking against Sukihana and Sexy Red. And, and you know, what, why aren't you out? You don't have that same, uh, keep that same energy for Jason Aldean. Why would I keep yeah. the same energy for, and, and again, I don't have a problem. Who knows? I may run into Jason Aldean tonight in Nashville. Who, who, who knows? Although I think he's in Florida. But, but I don't know his music. Black kids don't listen to his music. It, 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 he's, he's irrelevant in my day-to-day -day life. This stuff here with, you know, the grooming of young black girls. This is, I wish we had the same energy as the white parents that are trying to stop this drag queen grooming. If we would stop this rap music grooming, if we had the same energy trying to stop that, that's what we need. And, and I, I saw that this weekend or, or when I got back this weekend, I was like, Jason Aldean or Suki Hana? Bigger threat. It's 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 not even close. Sukihana is the real threat. 
Yeah, it's not even close. And we like to lie as a black community. You hear so many people saying, oh, that's not black culture. Oh, that's not black culture. And I could say the same thing because there are like African dancers that I love, black artists, you know, painters that I love. And when I think of black culture, I think of so much more than hip hop. But we are lying if we act like these women aren't being great influencers to the younger generation. So we like to get upset when we hear people say, oh, black culture or the culture. But this is the representation of the culture right now. And unless we stop lying and put our foot down and say, hey, we don't want to be represented like this. It's going to get worse. We don't shame them the way that we should. I've heard so many people taking up for Sexy Red being at the school saying, oh, but these are this is what the kids are listening to. And this is how we keep them engaged. Well, it's not working because if we are reading 70% below grade level, they're not engaged. It's not working. And so we're doing the wrong things in order to keep our kids engaged. And why do we act like our children are untamed gorillas and need to be in like, need to be entertained constantly. They can learn just like anybody else. And so to me, it's an insult when we feel like we have to do these types of things for our children in order for them to, to be better or to learn or to excel. It's not working. So we need to get back to the basics, the reading, writing, and arithmetic to actually raise some productive citizens. We complain about wage gap wage gap. We complain that black people don't make as much as white people. What are we sending our kids to do? They can't read. They cannot read and they can't do math, yet we expect them to go out into the world and be scientists and engineers. No, what they're going to be is hoes and pimps, because that's what we're actually pushing on them every single day. Thank you, Shamika. Great to see you. Great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, you can email me and us at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Uh, the star of the show is just around the corner, Steve Kim. Next. It's my obligation on hate discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back. Time for some Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell, joining us live from Los Angeles. Uh, Steve, Jamie Foxx released a video somewhat updating us on his health. Uh, what, did, what did you think of what Jamie had to say? Uh, do you think he's a clone? Do you think, did he owe us an explanation about whether it was vaccine related or COVID related? what do you think of Jamie Foxx's video? Jamie Foxx or Jamie Foe? Hmm. Are we sure that wasn't Jimmy Foxx? 
or James Fix. I'm not sure. I mean, look, people can say, oh, you conspiracy theorists. Well, here's the problem. Uh, the conspiracy theorists, the Oliver Stones of the world, the batting average has been like Ted Williams the last couple of years. But I, look, I hope he's okay. Jamie Foxx is one of the most singularly talented, multi-dimensional entertainers I've ever seen. I, I, I do not know of a guy that could do as many things as well as he can, if that's him. And if it is him, I, I hope he's okay. Now, maybe it was the camera, camera phone. Was it the vertical, horizontal, the lighting? And look, the guy was sick. The guy was ill. He was hospitalized. So, look, you're going to look a little bit altered. I just hope he's okay. Now, I don't know if it's our business if it was vaccine-related or not. I really don't. I mean, this is why we have HIPAA laws. At the end of the day, I just want Jamie Foxx to be fulfilled in his life, doing what he does, and selfishly, from my individual perspective, to entertain me again. You know, I'm pretty good with the Jamie Foxx show reruns and Living Color. I still have the DVD box set, but, I, but he's got a lot more to give us. But that is something that he has to address. The problem is, is let's say he said, yeah, I got jabbed like I was facing Larry Holmes in his prime. I think he faces retribution and could be blackballed because you know the way we just had an ESPN announcer on soccer just keel over. That guy looked relatively healthy and pretty young, and it's happening more and more. And it's like this elephant in the room that nobody wants or is allowed to address. Liz, I don't want you to speak for Mario Lopez, but I do want you to speak as someone who works with Mario, is close to Mario, and just how protective they are of what little privacy they have left. And so I, I, I'm sure Mario can relate to some degree to what Jamie's going through and, and the desire to keep some things private. You, yes, you have to serve your audience and protect your fan base, but at some point you're just a human being, you're just a guy. And that, that again goes to why I'm like, I don't need him to give me the full details on whatever health crisis he is. All I wanted to know was, hey man, I'm recovering. I think I'm gonna be okay. Thanks for the love and support. And, and to clear the air, I, 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 I'm, I'm like you and I said it to Shamika earlier, that, that's all he owes us. But I'm just wondering fr from your perspective of working so closely with Mario Lopez and how protective he probably is of what little privacy he does have. Yeah, I mean, look, he has uh, a situation where he also has a family. That's what he's really trying to protect. And when you are in that sphere, in that world, and you work with NBC, you have to protect your space. And branding and imaging is not just about you as an individual. It is a collective. I mean, look, I am nowhere near the curating of Mario, but I knew at ESPN, look, as someone who had tweets that I had to take down, things I was told not to say that were of a personal belief that I thought were relatively benign, you multiply that by a thousand times with the position that Mario's in, who has been in front of the camera, in front of millions of people, probably since, what, his teenage years. And there are certain things that he, I think he has to say, you know what, this is what I believe, but you'll never get me to say it. I actually stay away from certain topics with Mario. You know why? I don't ever want to know. So I could literally say with all honesty, I don't know, because it's not my business. He's allowed as a public figure still to have a private life and to have private thoughts. 
That is still his right. It does not matter how much money he makes or how many times he's on TV. But it got me thinking, Jason, if you were taking that vaccine as a public figure against your will, but you had to do it, this is the way you kind of get around the, hey, was he vaxxed or not? You know, a couple years ago when everyone was virtue signaling about, hey, I got vaxxed, you should do it too, like those public service announcements. I really think if you're being forced to vax, I would get that thing done and stream it live on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook to let people know, hey, guys, it's like a hostage video. If anything happens to me, anyway, here I'm getting vaxxed. Good day, everybody. So that's the way you kind of get the, get that whole thing out in front. That's what I would do. But again, I'm kind of crazy. That's just me. So you said something at the beginning, Cosell, that, mm. that there's part of you, 20% of you, that thinks there's something weird or Jamie's a clone. You don't buy the pictures. You don't buy the video. Are you just joking or uh, are you? I'm, I'm joking a little bit oh. or mostly. But to say that, to think that nothing is going on in this crazy world of ours, like I said, the conspiracy theories aren't so crazy anymore. I, I mean, you go back all the way the last two, three years, you know, when, when here's the thing. You used to be considered crazy if all you did was believe those conspiracy theories. My view is this. If you, at, at this point, if you don't believe any of them, I think you're crazy now. Again, just look at the recent events and look at the track record. Steve, I want to move on to some sports stuff uh, in particular. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, former Tennessee mm. head coach, uh, says he gave a player's family some money out of guilt over the George mm. Floyd deal. People laughed. Uh, I think they say he provided $300 and a Chick-fil-A bag. And his excuse was it was partially out of guilt over the George Floyd deal. Some people hear that and think, man, what a lame excuse. I hear it and go, oh, I can buy that. I wouldn't have done it, but I can buy that. I I could buy some white guy feeling so much shame during the George Floyd deal that, uh, you know, what's he? I've seen people on camera drop to their knees and put up a, a, a fist power sign or power or whatever it is, or bow to Colin Kaepernick. I've seen people do all kinds of weird crap, trying to virtue signal during the George Floyd deal. Giving $300 to somebody doesn't sound like the craziest act of white guilt that's gone on over the last five to 10 years. All right. First of all, Johnny Majors has to be rolling over in his grave. I mean, what in the name of General Nealon is going on in Knoxville? I'm going to go a certain way. Let, let, let me just cook here, okay? Uh, and Merrill Kim wants to get going. First of all, it's like what you once a couple years ago. Black recruits matter, okay? And if they can run a 4-3 or bend off the edge and get to the quarterback a lot, they really matter. So let's just be honest. Uh, Mr. Pruitt was just paying for the going rate. Now, if it was in a Chick-fil-A bag, there's two things. Maybe that's the original NIL deal. And the other thing is, as long as that Chick-fil-A bag was not given on a Sunday, it's okay. It's okay. Then they're observing the rules of Chick-fil-A. 
But this is the biggest issue I have with Jeremy Pruitt and why if the University of Kim would never hire this guy. Because if he was interviewing with me, I'd be like, hey, Jeremy, let me ask you something. You did all of this, right? All of this. You couldn't win. Josh Heupel's gotten right in there and he's revved up our program. Go Vols. I, I look at Jeremy Pruitt and say, Jeremy, if you can't do better by doing this, you, you should actually just get a new job. That's the, it's not, the embarrassment is not that he did all of that. Because let's just face it, it's the SEC. They take football serious. God bless them. They have their priorities in order. But the fact that the volunteers were that bad with all of this, it, that's the indictment, Jason. Really, that's the indictment I, that you could I'm going to throw it. Steve, hold for one second. I'm going to throw a curveball because I, I, I should have thought of it this morning. But there's a take on all this I really want to hear from. And yeah. so, David Reed, if you can come out here, if we can mic David Reed up. We, we, we don't need to change cameras around at all. But, you know, we got one of our top, our, our top producer, David Reed, is a huge Tennessee Vol homer. I'm sure he's going to have a take on this that I would love to hear, and I should have thought of it this morning so we wouldn't have to wait. But, it, Steve, if you can help me kill another 60 seconds yeah, here while see, we wait on David Reed, continue hey, with your take. Show, but I'm willing to go here. But I, I don't get this with, with Josh Heupel. I mean, look, I'm not naive to think all of a sudden everything's above board. But maybe it is now. They played, They paid a lot for this freshman quarterback, millions of dollars. But, but Jeremy Pruitt, I was reading, his wife was even involved. Now, I will give her credit. Now, that's a good football wife. When you are part of the recruiting <laughs> efforts to that degree, Jeremy, you picked a winner. You picked a winner. But, Jeremy, I'm sorry. You're just meant to be a coordinator. I'm just telling you, your days as a head coach, over. Would never hire that guy. But Okay. Address my contention, though that at least part of his motivation was George Floyd guilt. Oh, I oh, buy it. I, oh, I, I, I honestly, I buy it. Part of it. I'm not saying it's the full deal, but part of his motivation is like, man, you know, I bet you these guys would love a little Chick-fil-A with $300. Make them, make them feel better about George right. Floyd. All right, Jason, it's obviously when your teeth fell out as a kid, you must have put your molars underneath your pillow and had a five spot the next morning. Really, you're buying that. <laughs> yes. What Jeremy yes. Pruitt was the going rate for a player of his caliber. If this was a four-star player, he gets 300. Now, if he was a five-star player, probably would have got five to 600. It's the going rate. I mean, do you really think that there was a George Floyd inflation in terms of the recruiting budget at UT. Yeah, oh my, Jay. Well, Jay, no. Well, David Reed's got money tied up in the in the Tennessee uh, athletic program, so he's yeah. a better expert than you and I. Would you buying any of the George Floyd guilt? Yes, because this is a guy who uh, he's from the state of Alabama, so. Um, some of the stereotypes about people in the state of Alabama are true, and that's been the case with Jeremy. It's my first introduction to Jeremy Pruitt was back on MTV, back on the reality show Two-A-Days that followed the, the high school program um, down in Alabama. And I remember him out at a meal with someone, and he didn't know what asparagus was. He was seeing asparagus for the first time at like 30 years old and asked what it was. So as soon as this hire was made, I thought, this is... 
this is not the dude for the job in Knoxville. This is not going to end the decade of of just atrocious football that was going on. So you I really weren't on board from day one. No, no, I was not. I could tell. Didn't he have, the, he, didn't he have a Nick Saban pedigree? Or yes, and here it, it's funny you bring that up because I had my only interaction ever with Jeremy Pruitt was uh, before the Florida game a couple years back, and we were going down on the field and we got in the elevator with Jeremy Pruitt, and the guy who was taking us there. Um, saw Jeremy coming down and knew we were going to be elevated with him. He's like, hey, don't, don't say anything to Coach Pruitt. He doesn't like to be talked to. So he has a Saban complex with none of the pedigree, none of the pelts on the wall that Nick Saban has. So that's, uh, that was another – that made me feel really good that I was – my uh, judgment on him, my snap judgment on him was, was the right one. But, no, it does not surprise me whatsoever. It's embarrassing. Like, I'm ready to move on from this. Uh, I want to act like this never happened. I want to act like he was never hired, that there was never Chick-fil-A bags or McDonald's bags or Taco Bell bags being handed out to some of the most mediocre talent that's ever walked through Knoxville and not even seeing any results on the field whatsoever. Uh, let me, I'm afraid to ask you this question. You get the wrong answer and I could get upset. Brady Hulk, Jeremy Pruitt, who you like? Oh, oh my gosh. Hulk. <laughs> Hulk. This is easy. Uh, Brady Hulk won. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I wasn't opposed to that at the time. Brady Tim. Hope won at San Diego State consistently. He's made them a solid program. Michigan, it didn't work out, but he actually had a good year. Here's the thing with Jeremy Pruitt. Him not liking or knowing what asparagus is, as far as I'm concerned, that's a plus. If you want to coach in the SEC, <laughs> if you don't know what asparagus is, you know what? You might be our type of guy. By the way, two-a-days, wasn't that about Hoover High with Rush Proust or something? That was an interesting show. But Jeremy Pruitt, look, you take away Kirby is smart. The Saban tree has been really not that good. And I, I agree with you that there is a Saban complex. And outside of that guy at Georgia who kind of has things going pretty well, most of these guys have fallen very, very flat. But I have to tell you, $300, that's like three-star money. You, you got to get to at least five $6,000 before you're talking about all SEC type of material, guys. These things cost money. Jeez. It's terrible. Jason, you believe right, in this? so yeah. we've, I, I wanted an expert take. That's why we brought David in. Uh, David's kind of in your boat. He's not, he's not yeah, buying it either. You. Jeremy Cruz just, just stupid, I guess, would explain. Yeah, I mean, look at that one photo of him wearing the, the facial covering all the way around his face and head, yeah. that is the lasting image that I'm going to have of Jeremy Pruitt. Just an absolute moron. Thank you, right. David. Uh, Steve, yeah. I got one more topic for you. Uh, FAMU. Mm -hmm. uh, FAMU, and somewhat adjacent to Miami. Maybe, maybe your passion for Miami, sometimes you show a little love towards FAMU. No, it's that school no, up north. No, you don't. You don't. No, no, but nice band, though. Great oh, marching well, Great marching band, yeah. Uh, they taped a rap music, an explicit rap music song and video inside the FAMU uh, locker room. Their coach, I think the real Boston Richie, I think, filmed his music video, and it's pretty explicit, uh, and it's inside their locker room, and all football activities have been suspended at FAMU. Uh, they were wearing FAMU 
you know, gear and apparel, and and the coach is saying, hey, this doesn't put FAMU in the right light. I'm I'm literally shocked that the coach has taken this strong of action. I completely agree with the coach, but we're in an era where coaches now pander and and kiss butt of the kids so much that I'm shocked that Willie Simmons, the head coach at FAMU, and I'll read his statement here, uh, has taken this strong of action. Earlier today, it was brought to my attention that a rap video was shot by a prominent rapper in the football locker room of Gallimore Power Fieldhouse without proper authorization. The video contained graphic language that is not consistent with Florida A&M's core values, principles, and beliefs, and an internal investigation is underway to determine who authorized the use of not only the athletic facility at Gallimore Powell, but also licensed apparel that potentially violates university branding and licensing agreements. Although I'm a proud proponent of free speech and support all forms of musical expression, this football team, as ambassadors of Florida A&M University, has a responsibility to protect the university's image. As a result of this unfortunate situation as head football coach, I'm effectively suspending all football-related activities until further notice. It is a privilege to wear the orange and green, and as a football program, our young men have failed to live up to the standards set before us. They will all learn from this mishap, and we will continue to work hard every day to become the best version of ourselves and continue to make Rattler Nation proud uh, Steve, I'm impressed with Willie Sim Simmons here taking strong action. Uh, uh, and, and, and in the words of, of Logan Roy, Willie Simmons, you are a serious person and a leader of men. And I love the fact he, he understood that the social media blowback was going to be harsh. And, uh, and Jay, it was so predictable. Remember, what about Favre? Everyone's saying, what about Oregon? Okay, they may have actually had permission. Now, here's the question that I have with uh, Coach Simmons. It's just a question I have to him, actually. Number one, was it about the unauthorized use of the facilities, or did you not like the content of the music? Because I think that does matter, because I'm going to date myself here. If this was like um, Kid and Play doing a video with one of their songs, you know what they did. They were bubblegum rap. They were very fun. I enjoyed them. That's, that's friendly, it's fan-friendly, it's not going to embarrass the school. But if you're doing a lot of what modern-day hip-hop is, and not only are you in the facility, but you're wearing the gear, look, what university or higher learning institution would not have an issue with this? The other thing is, Jason, I know this. To go into those facilities, a lot of programs, you have to have permission to even step inside the locker room. Let me give you an example. Last spring ball, uh, I was able to get access through a booster to a Miami spring practice. I had to be put on a list. I had to have a, a placard on me. And there's only certain areas I could go. I guarantee you, if I would have wandered into the weight room or the Miami locker room, I would have been tossed out like jazz by Uncle Phil because I'm not allowed there. And for a group of players just to say, I just set up shop in our locker room and we're going to wear FAMU paraphernalia with all the lyrics that are involved I don't see how any sane, rational individual associated with family would say, nah, we don't care what Oregon did. We're suspending this. I, I give Willie Simmons a lot of credit. I juxtapose this to this university dealing with 18 to 23-year-olds and how they've handled it and how Willie Simmons has handled it 
compared to this junior high school that brought in this sexy red to perform <laughs> for junior high kids. They're chanting the song, my booty hole brown, my coochie pink, blah, blah, little kids. And here's a university with some real leadership and someone of some integrity saying, you know what, I know my kids think this is cool. I know this could potentially help with recruiting or whatever, but we're not having it. it, it it's, it's a tall glass of water in a, de in a desert that hasn't had water in months. Uh, that I, I didn't even know guys like Willie Simmons even existed anymore. Yeah. I just thought, you know, you know, unless it was, they had shot a Jason Aldean video there, I guess that's the only time I would think anyone would be upset. And Jason, if you're going to shoot a video at FA Florida A&M and you don't include their marching band, that, that right there is a suspendable offense. You don't use that marching band <laughs> in, in a music thing. That's a crime. By the way, what happened to the good old ice? This, think about how far we've come. In 1986-87, Two Live Crew releases their first album. And I remember the whole group, led by Uncle Luke, uh, Fresh Kid Ice, all them, Brother Marquise, had the Miami Hurricane starter jackets on. And I thought it was a great recruiting tool in certain parts of the country. And that album cover, to this day, is still a classic. And, you know, look, it was a certain type of music, and Luther Campbell was very close to the program back then. He would get sideline passes. But Jason... I don't think even during the days of Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson that two live crew with songs like we want some aham would be allowed to do a video on green tree practice field. I mean, it'd be like, wait a minute, even Miami back then had limits. They just come on, give me a break for anyone thinking that this is okay. Like go back to Ed Reed, one of my favorite people. When he started cursing up a storm, even though he was right about the conditions and what was going on in Bethune-Cookman, as soon as, soon as he started to use expletives over and over again, the wrong move. Again, that is still a college and a place of learning. There's a time and a place for everything, and that's not it. Steve, we will end on that note. We'll see you tomorrow. Great job as always. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow. And we'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, all receiving We all wanna be free We want freedom